Your ears do not deceive you. You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and uh, I am here with a writer that I'm very excited to talk to. I've been a fan of their work for quite some time. Uh, you might be familiar with series like Knock 'em Dead um, or Midnight Vista or either of the Vault Comics creature feature uh, comic books were, were really great. And uh, now uh, they are here to talk about their newest series from Mad Cave, uh, which will be out July 5th, issue number one. It is Under the Influence. Please welcome to the podcast, Elliot Ray Hall. Elliot, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk about the book. Yeah, um, I was able to read a review copy of it today and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, it, it. The one thing that I really liked about it was it, it gets into stuff that I think about a lot in terms of the current social media culture, internet culture, TikTok, because I am, I mean, I'm 44 now, so, you know, I... I remember when my family first had, you know, the right. internet on a, a, a computer um, right. and, and with a dial-up connection. Did you and keep it in the kitchen? It was, it was actually at a little desk in the dining room right around yeah. the corner from the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. And, um, uh, and, and I, that was, I, I still remember, like, the early days of logging onto the internet and, and what that was and AOL and, and chat rooms and things have certainly accelerated in the time since then. And, you know, now in particular, I have two young kids, like my daughters are 10 and six and I just, you know, they, I think about them with computers or on the iPad or YouTube or like TikTok and social media influence. And like, uh, you know, this book combines all of that with the idea of uh, like the uh, the changing definition of what a cult is, um, and I was really thinking about it because I, I was a psychology major in college, and I took a class called Cults in Our Myths, and it was all about different cults throughout the years. Through you know, it, it covered everything from Jonestown to the Moonies to you know um, more like fringe groups and. Um, yeah, I was just like endlessly fascinated with how this story played out. And you're working on it with uh, Stefano Simeone and Frank Svitkovich, uh, lettering. I, I think that's how you say their names. So, yes. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you did it, not me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just endlessly fascinated by this book. Just another uh, just fantastic comic. So, look, I... Listeners are they? I, I do this all the time. I get in and I say what I like about it. But yeah, I don't know me about I, under so the influence. It, that's just like re thank you uh, very much. That honestly blows me away. Like, and I don't like. I don't like. I don't know how to respond when somebody tells me something like that. Like you know. <laughs> okay. um But and I mean that it's just like I don't know how to deal with people who are being nice. But. um yeah, I mean, thank God you feel that way, right? Like, because, like, at the end of the day, like, I had such anxiety about, like, writing this book because, like, I'm so bad at the Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I was, like, a guy writing about the internet who is, like, not good at using it. You know, like, I, I had to, like, jump. We were talking prior to the... The uh, show's yeah. starting. I had to jump from Twitter. And, like, honestly, ever since having a child and, like, jumping from Twitter, like, I'm so stupid now. Like, my, like, I am learning things days later that, like, not but two years ago, I was, like, learning instantly. Or, right. like, not necessarily instantly, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And, like, uh, so I had a... Uh, I I had a great deal of reluctance and there's like a lot of like big things, you know, and like, uh, you know, and mysteries of, I don't know. Yeah. I had a lot of anxiety about writing this book, but, um, I, I guess what I wanted to bring to it was like, 
Man Cave wanted to do like this 21 Jump Street thing, right? Okay. And like, that was like pretty much like what they came to me with. And then uh, I was like, um, sure. And, the, and I just kind of went and did my thing, right? And right. Because like, I like, I appreciate a prompt. I appreciate like, give me a set piece. Right. And like, sure. and, and then like, and then like, this was something I was like really interested at the time, like was like, um, was like cult figures and like teen. Right. And like, um, one of the biggest influences I had from the book, you were talking about that psychology book early was, um, we watched this made for TV movie when I was a kid called the wave. Right. Have you ever heard of this thing? The wave? No, it's, I don't think so. It's bananas. It it's bananas. It actually happened. Okay. Um, and I don't know what year, but, uh, it was Vietnam war era time. And, okay. a, um, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher the story pretty badly. Well, right? I'm going to look so, it up cause I want to see it up. It's pretty crazy. Um, it's a real thing that happened. A, a, okay. Basically, they were learning about World War II, and the and the kids were like learning about the Holocaust, and like they were like, "How could okay. this happen?" They were like, "How could this happen?" And the teacher was like, "Hmm, these kids sure are smart." And so he like did a social experiment on them, and then like essentially like turned them all into like fascists without them knowing it, and then like revealed at the end that like they were like oh your secret boss was hitler the entire time and like but like he was able to radicalize them rapidly and right. within like the course of a week and like um you know i'm really interested in the kind of like person who is drawn to fascism Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, I, I am using these like heavy words, but like, that's what the, like, he's doing like a cult thing, right? Like the main right. character, like is doing this thing, like, and like something I was like really interested in was like, um, a lot of people who are drawn to this stuff, um, aren't necessarily the ones who are like the biggest losers or are like, aren't necessarily the ones who are the poorest or the dumbest. Oh, but sure. It, it's also not the people who are the high achieving ones. It's like the people who like are almost good at something, right. But aren't mm -hmm. good enough at it. Right. Or like these mid-level people with like no identity. It's like, it's a, it's, it's something that attracts people who have like, very little like personal identity. Right. And like, you know, just the idea of storytelling in general, and you're talking about the cults amongst us and just like, we're watching like reality. Like this is especially like a lot of this has came out in the past few years and like, just like looking at the world around us and like, it's like, I am obviously like a very like, I, I, you know, I am, a, I don't I'm like, I don't like using these terms. Right. But like, I am, I'm like, I mean, I'm a democratic voter. Right. Like, uh, but okay. like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but like, I, it's like, we're witnessing like a war of truth around us right now. Like when, when we're talking about the culture wars, like, you know, it's like, yes, there's so much stigma attached to, attached to all of that stuff. And I understand that, but like, we're literally like watching like who's who's whose truth is gonna win here. You know what I mean? Like we're right. watching like reality like break apart right in front of us. And like sure. we're watching people try to like actively create a different truth for people to hold on to and like build community around. And like then you like just kind of extrapolate that and like, well, it's just all what we've been doing everywhere. Right. That's everything. And like, but it's just crazy to watch it happen in such like this like political, like huge backdrop. Right. And like just applying that to like kids, it's like, it's just a matter of time. The reason why I went with this book, all that long bullshit I just said, like, uh, 
the reason why I wrote this because I, I I truly feel like it's only a matter of time before we see it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just yeah. like only a matter of time before we have like radicalized like cults on the internet who are like actively engaging. I mean, I guess you could already say that's what QAnon is, right? Like, I mean, like, well, yeah, I mean, it's that's, not, that's like kind of the deal. definition of. You know, you can take it in terms of a cult and apply it politically and in terms of a populist leader. Um, but what I, I and I, I liked about under the influence is you're kind of taking the idea of like influencer culture, right? You know, TikTok challenge culture, right? And talking about well, what's what's the line between Hey, this these these kids are doing a silly prank. To right. the pranks become dangerous. To this is actually a cult that now, somebody like an is leading. Gets formed around it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, and, like, I mean, because it's a lot of this stuff. Like, a lot of internet culture is like steeped in irony, right? Like, uh, and. That is like really interesting. Sorry, my I gotta f- charge my phone real quick. Um, oh, that's fine. No extra charge for the charging. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Just, uh, hold on. Bear with me here. Sorry, guys. No, you're good. Um, I'm so sorry. Um, where's, an, where's an outlet when I need one? Dear God. Uh, one of the things while you're doing that, one of the things I was. Um, you know, also thinking about uh, in terms of this and, you know, it, the idea of someone kind of using that influence and, and wielding it in a, um, you know, a particular direction. But it's just amazing that, like, you know, you, with, you have a prompt of like a 21 Jump Street kind of situation and, you know, to be able to go in that direction because it, you know, it, it just feels extremely, you know, topical extremely like you know right now that these things that are happening and taking place so um, like yeah i mean they're, they're like there i read this article about like called the step chickens that really uh really influenced me and it's like this idea that like people are taking brand identity and like using capitalism and turning it into like internet cult fetish stuff and it like starts as a joke and then, like, sometimes it gets really real. So, like, the step chickens thing, and there's examples of it everywhere. Um, but if you remember the AMC movie theater or the, the GameStop stuff, like, oh, when sure. that was all crashing, that was like all like coordinated like effort or with like um, Robin Hood, that trading app that like, kind of like did that thing that was bad. I don't remember the details, but like you, you can get like a bunch of kids on the internet, like, and like flood the zone somewhere and like actually like create an impact, right? Like can have like a real world effect. And like, I was really fascinated by that idea. And like, I don't know. I just like, One, I mean, I'm surprised there isn't like a young cult leader on the internet right now. Like, you know maybe, what I mean? Or maybe, maybe I like, maybe there, maybe is. there <laughs> is, and I'm just like bad at the internet, and like I don't want to look. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and right. it's just like, um, but it's you just know, like we don't want right. Mr. Beast to use his powers for ill. Right, right. <laughs> it's all right there. Like, I feel like all of this stuff. Like, I just feel like. It's all happening right now. Like, I mean, yeah. like, you know, and like, you don't need many people, right? And like, it's just crazy. I don't know. Yeah. And things just grow and, and get out of control. I, I think of it in terms of, like I, I said before about growing up, you know, before the internet and social media and then kind of seeing the rise of it because, uh, I mean, Facebook, but I was out of college by the time Facebook was a thing, but like, with my 10 year old daughter and you know, she likes certain videos on YouTube and like the things she follows and watches. And then I, I'm like, Oh, I, 
I have to explain to her that like things on the internet like aren't real. Like because right. she doesn't have a concept of that. Why she would only she know? has she only has adults in her life who are telling her like the truth or teaching her in school. Right. And she's watching these videos and it's like you have to understand like these aren't these things aren't real. Like so just because someone said something and I, you know, have to give her that like groundwork that you know, I just but had that's such a skill, like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, but that's what they do. That's what people do is like, they invade the space that like we all use. Right. Yeah. And then they present themselves just like everybody else with like this veneer of authority. Uh, and like, and then like, it's up to you to be like, no, it's not fucking real. dude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, Right. And that's hard to do. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. And it's especially hard to do when like everyone around you is like, did you fucking see this video? You yeah. know, like, I'm sorry to swear so much, but it's like, no, it's all right. We're, we're, it, you're okay. Images are so, uh, right. You know, this is how like authoritarians work. Like, I mean, just like it, like, 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 you know, like authoritarians will threaten hockey players like their their families, right? Or like or athletes, famous athletes around the world who like have authoritarian leaders, right? Like the, the the goal for those athletes is just to like go play a sport and like show them saluting their authoritarian leader. And like they don't want to do that, right? But like they have to do that. Otherwise like their families will get shot, right? And the effect is still the same. You still have a guy saluting the like authoritarian leader and like he can like they can use that image and it's like right. a very it's a very powerful image right like it doesn't matter how you got it right right they can use that image to make it say whatever they want you know yeah. to, to enforce their image um right it, so with under the influence in particular and just to tell a little bit more about yeah, it I guess I can talk about it yeah the yeah. so the the main character kind of was uh, he he became famous due to a meme of him right. eating a hot dog right. and now he's being investigated as being like a a cult leader because there's a TikTok challenge called the like hot dog prank yeah it's the hot, the hot dog, dog challenge. challenge so basically uh you know the Ermigad bacon girl yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Remember yes. that meme? Like, I do the remember that. God, like the oh my yeah. god, bacon. Imagine like if that person became a cult leader, right? Like, okay. Yeah. It's like this kid who got on Tosh Point oh for eating a hot dog, because <laughs> um, he was like eating like a bunch of hot dogs as a kid, and he was like the foot long boy, right? right? Yes. Got became like a famous viral sensation, and so like peak. At the age of like 15, his life transformed because of a picture, right? Yeah. And then, like, then he like became irrelevant, like, and now, like, what does he do, right? right. And, like, right. so, like, I had him turned into like a weird cult leader. He's, he's just trying to get famous on the internet again, right? Yeah. And, like, um, they, he's trying to get back at the hot dog company that wronged him. And so they have like a hot dog challenge where it's like, hey, everyone, just go like, go steal hot dogs. Like, just go steal as many of these hot dogs as you can. Like, don't pay for them. Steal right. all, all the hot dogs. And, yeah. And it causes the company to like lose all of its money. And then, like, there's an investigation and like, it turns out they yeah. suck. Right. And then, like, <laughs> and so, like, all these kids are able to bring down the hot dog company. And then, I guess the inciting incident would be in the midst of that prank, uh, a child dies and like the, the combination of like this very on, on the internet death tied to the prank tied to the fact that all of a sudden within like days, this like giant American, like hot dog company, just like, like calls it quits bankruptcy. Yeah. The FBI is like, we got to what's going on here. And right. so they, uh, they assemble like a small team and they have a young agent named Kara Cole pose, uh, as a TA and her mission is to infiltrate 
the hot dog party. That's the name of the cult. Um, and, uh, and, uh, like take down the leader. Right. And right. Like, that, that's, that's then, the book. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for someone who said you're bad, you know, you feel like you're bad at the internet though, but there were just so many like touches that I felt like really made sense. I mean, from, from the jump, you're thrown right into this situation of this kid with like a, you know, a self making a selfie video, stealing these hot dogs, doing this challenge, but you don't just set it up like straight on you. You're then, you then show what's happening through the lens of two kids doing a reaction video right. to yeah, his yeah. video. You know how many reaction videos like <laughs> I had to watch just to make sure I was like getting the voice down correctly. Like I don't I watch bet. reaction videos. I watched way too many of them. Yeah. I, yeah. um, I mean, I, I was like, it was just made, there's so much in here. It was making me think about so many different things. A lot of them, you know, we've, we've touched on, but, um, yeah, I just, I thought that was so interesting. Uh, it, my, I don't have a TikTok. My, my wife does. That's our main yeah. method of communication. My wife will send me TikTok videos that she thinks I will like. I'm not um, on TikTok yet. <laughs> I'm on it. My wife is on it. I look at it and like, I've just got a feeling that if I like really engaged with it, I, yeah. it would be a, a nightmare for me. We, we laugh because uh, I, th I think TikTok, TikTok has kind of like affected this, the, I don't know, maybe her sense of humor or like for those who are on it, the sense of humor, but, um, I, I always thought we had like a similar sense of humor, my wife and I, but she will send me things that she thinks are funny that I just do not get. And I don't know if it's a function of me getting older or just not being on TikTok. <laughs> I think it's both. I think it's probably, I mean, I think it's probably of not being on TikTok because like it, like it has its own like cultural yeah. humor, like, you know, like oh, the yeah. kids, you know, I don't know. And, and like, there are some things on it that are like some of the, the younger people that are on man i sound so old Ellie, i know you're making me I sound know, like I literally know. a million years I know, old I know. Um, i'm 35 I, and i have a <laughs> yeah i know you said you have a 16 and 10 year old i have a two-year-old yeah. or not okay. yet a two-year-old but i have a one um, and yes listeners i know i use the word literally wrong i am not literally a thousand years old um mm. but yeah i i there are some i will see some things on there whether or not they're on twitter or on tiktok and some things are just so inventive and so creative and uh, it's just amazes me like what will go viral and what will trend, you know? Right. Like the right. recent and then, like, grimace shake one was, is like such a I weird thing. I, I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen the grimace shake advertised and like part of me, like, yeah. I love novelty food. Like, and that's like, I love novelty food and like, Okay. That's part of the reason why like, I just like, I don't know. I just like, I also, something I go back to a lot, I've been writing a lot about is like reality is like a complete and total farce, right? Like it is crazy. Our reality is fucking insane, right? Like the world that we have built around ourselves is nuts. And like, yet, like we continue like going about it. Like we just kind of got to get push through it we gotta yeah. get through it you know right and it's like i continually like sometimes will like especially after having a child i will continually like want to like i feel this like urge to stand around and be like are we all like uh, like seeing the same shit like you right. know what i mean like like this is crazy. Like, why don't we all just like stop doing stuff until we like figure this out. But like, that yeah. is not how, that's not how we do it. And like, I don't know, like the idea of just like kind of engaging in that and like playing with that, like, like, um, you know, especially I think through the eyes of like Kara, who is just like, um, this sort of like, character like desperately trying to solve a problem i think mm -hmm. um but like is thrown into this like world she was not prepared to like enter yeah i mean i i i, I love the what the bits we get about her she still kind of seems like a mystery but 
very interesting character. She seems very um, uh, uh, assertive at times, uh, especially with her superiors and like the FBI. And then there are other times when she starts like thinking about her assignment where she seems maybe a little bit less sure of herself. Right. Um, but just a very interesting character. Can I like cannot wait wait for issue two and yeah and, i mean i really hope that the rest of the series is as good as you, the first it would really suck if like um you know uh you didn't like the rest but like we all worked hard on it and like it was you know i mean um mad kick threw a lot of resources at it and like uh i've had i had two editors on the book and steens was a like very instrumental uh um and they had an assistant to Okay. Uh, named Rico, uh, and um, and then uh, fuck Chaz, Chaz, ah, uh, Chaz. Uh, I always want to say Chase, and it's not um, <laughs> Chaz. Ah, uh, but you just watched broke out for a second. Um, you're uh, back now, though. I'm back. I'm back. I was you're back. trying, to, but like. You know, I mean, they both had different jobs, but they both, like, were really committed to, like, you know, I mean, grinding out this book. And I, and I really, like, I, 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 I did, like, you know, it was not an easy book to write. Uh, I, I, I will say that. I did a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, I did a lot of edits on it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, if it shows and it works and it paid off, I'm, I'm happy that it did, you know. Okay, it seems like a good spot to take a quick break. Hey, y'all. Jimmy recently scored me a signed, personalized copy of Hallow's Eve from Erica Schultz after her interview. You've probably had this problem, too. I got this great book. Now, how'd I display this thing? Well, I discovered this great product from Crafty Comics that lets you showcase your treasured comics, and they even have options for already slab books, too. I got their flex frame, which is amazing as you can customize the backing and it even has interchangeable watercolors to coordinate with your space. I opted for neutral gray to match the blue in my room. You can hang portrait or landscape and it comes with a template to make it easy to ensure that you get it exactly where you want it. To my surprise, my wife who tolerates my comic stuff was actually impressed with the overall quality and look. Win! So if you're looking for the perfect solution to showcase your own collection, visit Crafty Comics dot com online that's crafty with an i use the discount code yeti5 and get five percent off your order all right let's get back to the show yeah and i i really love um stefano's artwork in it um did a great job it was yeah so dynamic they made the internet look interesting yes and i know i i'm i i've seen his work before i think with um i think he was on stargazer that anthony cleveland wrote but i thought i thought maybe he was i, I hope i'm not misspeaking i thought maybe he was the the colorist on that i don't um, know um i i but, know he's done work for man Kay. this is my first yeah. time working with him he's so awesome so excited uh so passionate so uh such a uh like a bright spot right, right. um of a of, of a collaborator and 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 it's been really uh i've been really grateful for it because uh um i've been so tired lately uh but <laughs> well a but, two-year-old will do yeah, that to you. yeah yeah <laughs> so that's been really nice for me right well there he there, there's such a, a fluidity to uh stefano's work which i think uh helps with this um because it really I, feels it, like it's it, coming off the page. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it goes uh, really, it, it goes quick, but there's so many things to stop and linger on, so many little background details. But like fluid is probably the number one thing I thought going, you know, going through the book, which I think kind of like lends itself to the type of story, you know, you're telling. And and Frank's a fantastic letter. I'm familiar right. with their work for numerous projects. And um, yeah, it's a really great creative team you got right. there. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I did not, uh, put that together. I got, was fortunate to be paired with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt gave is 
Man Cave really believed in the book, and that's like really cool. And like, and like, I don't know what to expect. I just write them, and I try to go right. out and say hello. And and but I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm such a shut in now. Um, is there when you're when you're putting together a story like this? Is there a part of it that you have, um, more difficulty with, or not? Struggle is not the right word, but that you find more challenging. Maybe I I, I always thought that an e- endings are or tougher, but I was, um, I saw, I saw a tweet and I, I can't remember who did it, but some writer that I follow, a comic book writer who said that they felt endings were easier once they had most of the story together, they kind of like brushed through to the ending. So, I mean, is there any like beginning, middle or end that you find more challenging than the rest of any particular, any story that you tell? I'd say that's different for every story. Um, I have general through line issues, which is sometimes I have too many ideas and I get out over my skis and, uh, like, you know, one of the best compliments I got working on this book was from Steens. They, uh, said, I have never seen such a, like, they said something about my, my script that like made me feel very good in terms of like, I thought I wasn't doing a good enough job delivering the right amount of information specifically. I'm not talking about the beauty of it. I'm not talking, I'm talking about form and function, right? Okay. Specific form and function. The most important thing, you know, I'm not care. I don't care about the quality. Like I'm talking about the aspects of it, but like, um, they said I did a good job and like, and that made me feel very good. Cause I always get anxious, uh, that because I have super bad ADHD that I'm going too many, like, like I'm not detailed enough or like I'm detailed enough, but like I'm going too fast and things are sloppy. Right. And okay. like, like being yeah. sloppy, uh, with my work is something I'm, I'm, I'm really like anxious about. And so, um, I'd say like the outlining process is like my biggest like difficulty because like sometimes I'm doing like, and this happened and this happened too much, like rather than like, it's hard to like really engage in the character work and like where this is actually going to go and should go when you're doing an outline because I'm like, it's just like a different, you're like writing from a thousand feet away. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, um, so that's always a difficult process for me. Um, and then, uh, for this book in particular, I actually knew the ending like right away. Uh, and I'm not going to give it away. I knew what I want. I knew how I wanted the book to end. Right. Oh, okay. And like, um, the problem is, is that like, it's a matter of like earning the ending because it is, right. a, a, it is a ending that like, um, I wouldn't call it offbeat. It's just, if you don't earn it, 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 it could run the risk of falling flat. Right. Like, sure. you know what I mean? And yeah. so like, uh, like making sure that that end, that decision, whatever happens at the end, like, um, matters. Mm-hmm. It was like the challenge and like, you know, this book is like a noir. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, trying to find things that make everything matter along the way. Like for this book, like that was like, that was like the, I'd say that the biggest challenge for me was like that meat in the middle. Like okay. I knew how I wanted to start it and I knew how I wanted to end it and like making everything like connect and work and like rich along the way. was like, that was, that was like, Oh, like we, I mean, we worked really hard on that. So. Okay. Right, yeah, that was interesting. I just um was curious in terms of like how you worked in your process and it's just you know. different for every book. That's all. Yeah. That's all. You know. Yeah. Uh, 
so uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, which I, I because I was a big fan of it um, in terms of one of your other books, which I like a lot of them, um, at least all the ones I've read. Um, but uh, Knock Em Dead in particular, I really, really uh, enjoyed the story of um, I should have pulled it out to look it over. But I think the main character is Bryce Pryor. Reverse. Uh, it's prior Bryce. Prior yeah. Bryce. Okay. No, I was pretty good. Pretty there. good. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember anything. Dude. I can't remember a thing. Um, but, I mean, it's essentially for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, um, it was a aftershock book, um, and you did it with uh, uh, Mattia Monaco, and yeah. and um, was the art artist on it, um, but. It's essentially a story of, of a guy that wants to be a stand-up comic and kind of first issue, I think, uh, dies and then becomes possessed by the by by a spirit. Um, and then it's kind of it, it is off from there in terms of what happens to him, the 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 rise and fall and whatever, uh, whatever comes next. Um, right. I, and I know one of the things I wanted to ask you if we ever chatted was that i know it was heavily influenced because i i there was like back matter in the issues which um w- uh, that it was a, it influenced a lot by your own experience doing stand-up yeah yeah and i i mean i you started at like 17 doing stand-up did yeah i should not have done that uh but, <laughs> wait why do you uh, why do you say that i feel like yeah i mean i just was i really wanted to be like i just was not a fully formed adult uh-huh. and and i was hanging around uh like 25 year olds 24 year olds 27 year olds like 30 year olds uh even older people than that who were like you know i mean they just they were running hard and then like they were okay. like they were like hard on their bodies and like it was it's a toxic unhealth i learned a lot of bad lessons and right like, you know and and then like you know i learned a lot of great things and i don't regret doing it but it certainly like mentally took a toll on me right okay. like and i wrapped my entire like identity around it and um you know uh but like oddly enough i i, I actually like want to go back and start again but uh i haven't written anything and also like i don't have the time but um when you when you started doing it i mean even at 17 were you someone that just like when you first went out did you wing it or from like the very beginning were you like writing your jokes no i was writing they're all bad i would never like i like i got rid of all that stuff because like it's all bad um but like um yeah, I was like writing very serious. I was very ring, and that's like how I learned okay. to write was like by writing for myself, and mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why. Like, I the reason part of the through line with comics and comedy that I like so much was that like I can go do it right. Like, I don't need to wait for anybody. I can just like write a script and go do it, or like like I guess you can do that with film and TV too. But like maybe it's a little, a little bit different. But like, uh, yeah, it's 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 more. I mean, now, especially with comics and crowdfunding, you really can right. just go I mean, I, and, I, I, and do and, it. And I'm in a fortunate place in my career where, like, you know, I, I, I can send work and pe- people will look at it, um, you know, and that, that's really nice. But, like, um, with comedy, it's like I, I couldn't play music. I was, can't do instruments. Like, I didn't know mm-hmm. how to play. I can't sing. can't act, right? Or I was too cowardly to become like an actor right but stand-up was something like i can go out i was in chicago during 2010 to 2018 which is a probably one of the best decades in comedy history right for a city i was watching Hannibal Buress go up. I was watching Kumail Nagiani go up. I was watching Cameron Esposito go up. I was watching um, Kyle Kinane go up. I was watching uh, I was watching people who are very, very famous now, like in their infancy and also when they were like huge within the city. You know what I mean? And so right. like 
it was a really energetic, really, you know, like when, when you hear stories about like old punk rock scenes and stuff like that, like Mm -hmm. it has echoes of that. Right. And, um, I think I was just like too young to be there and I didn't have anything to say. Uh, but like, that's not the point. Like, uh, I'm like, clearly this is where the book came from. It's like, I'm haunted by my own experience. (laughs) And like, you know, what made you want to do it? What made you want to do try it in the first place though? What made you want to try stand up? What what made you want to was there just you enjoy uh, well, it? Love, you like making people laugh? I like, mean, what, I, I, like I loved watching I loved watching stand up as a kid. Uh yeah. and I I became I was a huge stand up nerd and it was something I could do. Like I was really attracted by that I like I could go do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. All you have to do is go do it. Like and like I can go do I can go do that. Like, you know what I mean? And like um and then like the idea of like measuring progress like i could like go do it and then like you know you, you try to get books for shows and stuff like that like yeah i mean i i like that um yeah. and yeah i but i i just liked like the idea of like doing it and then uh and then the power you feel on stage is like incredible like um to be able to like control a crowd and uh, to get a reaction from somebody like I desperately need reactions from people. Right. And so like, it's perfect for me. Right. I, even if you were bombing, did that, did, were you, did you weather that well? Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes not. I mean, like you would bomb, you bomb, but like there were times when you bomb and you're okay with it. And there are times when you bomb and, you really didn't want to. And, right. uh, and those, those, yeah, they, they did hurt, you know, I'm not going to say they didn't hurt. Um, you know, um, that's what I mean. It's like too much of my identity got wrapped up this thing. Mm. And like, I was letting that define my happiness. Right. You know, yeah. and like, uh, for a lot of this, of a lot of knock in bed was like, talking about that feeling you know yeah yeah i mean it's i it felt like it's all in there knock em dead is is another book that i think has um a, a lot in there but i think that the the ending was earned and i really just love that story thanks that's really nice so how did you find your way from that you know to from stand up and to into comics oh i was reading comics in high school um i started reading comics in high school uh and then uh, i kept reading them in college and then yeah i I got an internship at marvel uh and that's where i i i like kind of got exposed to the inner workings of the comic book industry. And then I started making comics and going to cons and here we are. Wow. What was the, so when did you have the, the Marvel internship? Like what time period was that? Two thousand ten. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. 2011, 2010, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Feels like a long time ago now. Does it? From from there to here? 2023, yeah. 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 Now I have a baby. It changes a lot of things. hmm Do you think it's changed you in terms of a writer, what you're interested in writing about, or how you approach things, or? Uh, yeah, definitely. I haven't really had uh, a chance to see that be reflected in my work yet but mm-hmm. um i expect it's going to add a new layer on everything because it already has yeah I, I i feel the same way like when you have kids it just kind of changes your perspective on stuff it changes how i consume media the things yeah. i'm interested in taking in and the stories that i you know i'm interested in seeing reading watching right. telling right you know? so right. just always curious about that Right. It definitely, uh, it definitely will. Um, I don't know 
how just yet, but I think that's part of the whole journey, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask in terms of some of the other work you've done before, is there, and not necessarily that you might have plans for, but is there any particular, you know, book you created or worked on that you would hope you get to revisit one day? Or do you kind of leave those um, things in the past and move on? Oh, I mean, there's always moving on. I, I would love to take a hot lunch special out uh, oh, yeah. with uh, Jorge Fuñas again. Um, yeah. I have so many ideas for the future of that story uh, that I think would be really cool to do, but I don't know if it'll ever happen. Uh, and um, I would say, you know, I would love to go back to cult classic stuff at vault. Uh, Cause I just love Halloween stuff. And, uh, but you know, I mean, um, uh, knock them dead. I, I had a second idea for, uh, but, um, I am just kind of focused on the future right now, yeah. I suppose. And, um, uh, I've got some more work coming out, uh, from Mad Cave in the future and, uh, from a few other places in the future. I'm excited about Nice. Can't talk about it just yet, but, um, the only thing I can say is that you can, uh, I'm doing, a, an, uh, I've been writing Madam Satan for the past, uh, few years, uh, at Archie comics, which has right. been like a very, uh, it's been very weird and, and, and really fun. Uh, and like, honestly, something I didn't expect because like they keep letting me like do it. And I'm like, are you sure? Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's been cool. And so that we have, a, we have, there's a Madam Satan one shot called Madam Satan. How on earth coming out in September, which I'm, uh, excited about. So oh, that's hopefully, awesome. Hopefully people like that one. Okay, so that's that'll be out from uh, Archie Comics in September. Oh, yeah, September twentieth. Okay, I think. awesome. I think, yeah. Um, well, uh, Elliot, I don't, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I really appreciate you, you being here. Um, but yeah, no, thanks please, for having me. Yeah. When when you're able to announce stuff, please reach out. You, I'd love to have you back to to talk more about whatever else you have coming out. Um, yeah, you know, in great. the future, but so, so that folks know, uh, this episode, if you're, you're listening when it drops, it's going to come out, I think on Tuesday, July 4th. So if you listen to it, you know, uh, at the end of your, uh, barbecue, um, and it'll under the influence issue number one from mad cave is going to be in your local comic book shop the next day, Wednesday, July 5th. And it, I mean, it is really fantastic. It's uh, about the current, I'll just say the social media, internet culture and, you know, cults generally and um, really fantastic work from Elliot. Wonderfully, wonderfully uh, uh, drawn by Stefano Simeone and, and lettered by Frank Svitkovich. Uh, I really highly recommend it. And then uh, take my word for it. And if you haven't read any of Elliot's previous work, please, please, please go find knock them dead by aftershock hot lunch special, either of the creature features from vault. Um, I also like the vein, which I think was only. Oh, I'm so glad that you like that. Uh, (laughs) It's so much fun. Uh, Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, this is a a pleasure. Hopefully I didn't say anything stupid. Uh, You you didn't. Okay. Um, And I don't, uh, you're yeah. fine. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, I get. Yeah, I'm a, clearly a ball of anxiety. Uh, but you, well, look, I, I wish you the best of luck with Under the Influence. I I really like a lot of the stuff Mad Cave does. Um, I'm a big fan. I've had Mark London on before and some other yeah. Mad Cave creators. And um, yeah, I I really think I think Under the Influence is great. I think it makes a lot of sense for that type of story right now. I love the characters in it and can't wait to see. Uh, where it goes and i really think that it felt authentic i i know I'm, I'm an old man saying that and it's it's about young people but um i think all of your uh reaction video watching paid off yeah and i would suggest going and, and finding some of those uh grimace shake 
TikTok videos, but just I, be again, warned, uh, you're gonna get weird. you're gonna get lost. Yeah, gonna... <laughs> I, most of the most of the reaction videos I watched were kids reacting to classic songs they had never heard, and I was like, wow. Uh, yeah, I love yeah. I love those. I love I've yeah. seen some of those. Those are I've fun. Seen some of those. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I got. Right, I'm gonna look up this grimace thing after this. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, and and thank you for listening to uh, an old man talks about the internet. Uh, right. No, wait, Uncle Right. Thanks for but, having me on, Jimmy. Have a happy Fourth of July weekend. Uh, you do the same. Um, and thank you, listeners, for listening. Please rate, review, all the stuff. Subscribe. That you know, say nice things about us, please. I I I'd like to hear it. Um, and yeah, for Comic Book Yeti, I'm I'm Jimmy Gasparo. I forgot to to shout out to uh, my brother Bobby, who is uh, the Cryptic Creator Corner's uh, number one most dedicated listener. Uh, hi, Bob. And hello, um, hello Bob. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And I'll uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks, yeah. Elliot. See you, Jimmy. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now